Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Final Furlong Podcast is sponsored by Unibet. Sign up now using code ATR-30 to get your welcome offer. BeGambleAware.org, 18+. The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Welcome along to the Final Furlong Podcast. I'm Emma Kennedy alongside my At The Races colleague and good friend, Mr. Kevin Blake. Hello! To review mainly some explosive juvenile performances over the weekend. That's one of the great things about the flat season we've received a number of comments about when is your first Cheltenham preview but one of the great things about the flat is seeing potential stars and within the space of 10 minutes we saw two of them one at Sandown one at the Curra. we'll start with the Solario stakes won last year by Massar and in 2013 by John Gosden with Kingman and too darn hot is definitely in the could be anything category won by seven lengths on debut we were a little bit cautious about him Kevin thinking he lacks experience and it's a strong field, but he blew the opposition away. He did, didn't he? He was very good. You know, it was a big step up in class. He was taking on, you know, a Royal Ascot winner and Arthur Kit, and pretty much all the rest had, you know, form and group and listed company and dropping back a furlong, which wouldn't really be suitable. One wouldn't have thought, purely looking at his pedigree even. And uh, but he, he overcame all of those things, and you know he still looks a work in progress. He mm. was still a bit green when he was asked to pick up. Um, you know you could tell that Frankie was anxious to to get him um, in behind runners as best he could and to educate him. And you you'd really have to like it now. You know going back up to a mile is obviously what he wants to do. Um, on pedigree he should stay all of a mile and a half in due course. And yeah, like it's pretty exciting. I don't like the horse's name one bit, but he's a very good horse. Wait, 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 wait. Why do you not like his name? It's just too American, isn't it? It just doesn't sound right. It doesn't roll off the tongue. But it's too damn hot. Might, might have worked even better. But it's Andrew Lloyd Webber. Like, it's a very, like, musical phrase. I can completely see why he's done That's not really. I, I assume they've gone with a darn, but, the, you know, the, his mother being Dare me, but uh, I don't know. It's not for me now, Kenner. It's not for me. Uh, this is, this is definitely a musical know. reference. I don't know for sure, but I have a memory somewhere of a song that's like, too darn hot. Something like that. Don't sing. Jesus. Something along those lines. <laughs> Um, so up next hashtag hashtag Kennedy singing (laughs) up next uh, is the possibility of the Royal Lodge which was of course won by the mighty Frankel uh, or he could continue at seven furlongs for the Dewhurst or go up to a mile for the Orpi Trophy what would you do if he was yours oh dear god are you deciding to just add in music again 
There you go. See, told you. Told you. I knew it. There we go. Thanks to Producer D for researching that one for us very quickly. Now, can you kill that music, please? Uh, it's not yesterday or the day before that was made now. No. Judging by the video. No, I should imagine that was a while ago. But it does explain uh, why this horse has the name that he has. So where would you go next with him? 1948 that was written it for some musical welcome back to the musical podcast where we're discussing the works of andrew lloyd weber and its influence too, too darn hot is a song written by cole porter for his musical kiss me case 1948 there which we go. Well, as we know was a I don't huge like a huge influence on the career of sir lloyd weber and uh i think helped He's him a sir now yes of course he is <laughs> is he Sir? Is he Lloyd? What's is it? Lord, Lord, Lord Lloyd Webber. Better get that. Yes, right. I'm gonna get that right for our, our next big interview with him. So, um, come on and tell me where he's gonna go next. Can I talk about the name for some for a few more minutes? No, we're done with that. <laughs> um, champagne stakes. I believe he's gonna go. Um, that would seem to be the logical next target. Um, seeing as John Goslin wants seemingly wants to keep him in seven furlongs. Um, it wouldn't necessarily be what I'd do, but, um, you know, the, the Royal Lodge would make sense to me over a mile. Mm. But there we go. Um, minds can change, I'm sure. Unless they um, want to run them in the Champagne Stakes now and then go for the Racing Post Trophy. Or the Dewhurst. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, I'd go to Royal Lodge if he was mine, but he's not mine. Um, look very much a work in progress um, he's only going to improve the further he goes um, the pedigree speaks for itself um, I, I can't he's gone favourite for the derby but I can't imagine his connections will be daring to think of such things until he's in the stalls for the race in Ooh. June given so, that his, his full sisters uh, Somi Dar and La Tidar were both very well fancied for the Oaks uh, before being ruled out with relatively late setbacks and yeah. his own mother of course Dara Me was the same as well didn't something weird happen to her she was being ridden out and a lawnmower went past or something and she spooked and hurt herself I think something so really it was, it was really like bizarre it was, a, it was yeah. a very odd one that is something that's been getting a lot of traction on social media that oh I wouldn't back him for the derby given what's happened to the siblings and the mother but I wouldn't put too much stock in that. It's not like they're fragile. It's just that they unfortunately picked up injuries at the wrong time. Well, like you, you certainly wouldn't say Dara Me was fragile. You know, she she had quite an extensive yeah. racing career. To be fair to her, and she stood up to it well. Um, in the main, you know, she was back in time for Royal Ascot, having missed the Oaks. To be fair, um, or am I telling lies? I am telling lies. That's not true at all. Um, she was declared for Royal Ascot, but um, she did she did not run mm. due to the ground being too quick. Um, but she was back race fit uh, come Royal Ascot. Uh, the two fillies, maybe maybe two full sisters are fragile. Who knows? We, um, you know, may, may, maybe they are a little bit fragile. Uh, but yeah, it's not something you should really be weighing into your into your calculations. I don't think certainly not at least heavily anyway. You were, but, talking, yeah. you were talking about Frankie Dettori being at pains to educate him. He said that himself in the post-race interview. He also talked about the fact that he had the race won from a furlong and a half out, but that is not an indication that he's slow. He thinks he's got an awful lot of pace. Yeah, no, I could see it. He'll probably only look quicker um, the more experience he gets. 
because you could just tell that when Frankie asked him to go through the gears, he was just wondering what it was about. And then he gets to the front and he edges to his right. You know, he's just a little bit green, a little bit raw, um, very much a next year horse. You know, Dubawi, for all that he's, he's a world-class sire, you know, he wouldn't necessarily be known for getting a heap of top-class two-year-olds. You know, they, they generally would take a big leap forward from two to three. So the fact that he's doing this at two, um, you know, very much stamps him as a potential star. So he's the fifth fall out of um, Da-Re-Mi, very well named. And um, as you said, Dubawi, interesting to say the least. But in terms of his three-year-old campaign, would you see him being a 2000 Guineas contender or is he out and out a Derby horse? Who with his connections? My instinct was to say he'd be campaigned as a Derby horse, but he's dropped him back to seven. He's going to run him at seven again. You know, I don't think that's necessarily what you do with a horse you thought was an out and out Derby horse. So I certainly wouldn't want to rule out the 2000 guineas for him. I would definitely wouldn't want to rule out. Okay, that's too darn hot. How impressed with you have you been? If you go to different rating sites, you get uh, a number of different opinions about him, but a lot of them are basically stating he's the best we've seen this year, or at least one of the best that we've seen this year. Where does he stand in your rankings currently? Oh, certainly one of the best. Certainly one of the best. I wouldn't say go so far as to say the best, and I don't think I'd be able to nominate one if you asked me to say what's the best two-year-old you've seen so far. Um, I'd be much more comfortable giving you a group of, you know, three. Yeah. Um, but... But he's he's bang there. He's amongst that three for sure. He could definitely be the one at the end of the season that has popped his hand up and said, right, I'm the best at two. Let's see if that continues at three. Or will that be 10 Sovereigns, who 10 minutes beforehand had done what we didn't think he would do? Not win, but run. We didn't think he'd even line up. So this was a huge performance on debut, and they've backed him up very quickly, literally seven days later. And he's another one who fits into the could-be-anything category because he's gone and bolted up again. Um, he has. And, yeah, it was, it was a surprise that, she, that, that he ran. I think that's fair to say. Well, it, it didn't seem like the obvious option, but then again, Aidan O'Brien has been doing quite a few things this year that didn't seem the obvious option in terms yeah. of backing horses up more quickly than he, than he usually would. And he did make mention after he won his maiden in such exceptional style that he would like to get another run into him before Little Park. And there's just not a heap of options. And this one made sense to him. He obviously came out of his race very well. He um, it didn't look a very strong race, to say the least. And they took a chance and it worked out. And again, look, the style of it was 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 very good. Maybe not quite the same wow factor as was there on debut, but... You know, that, that's the type of impression that one only sees uh, in a blue moon. So it would have been a little bit um, much to expect a similar sort of performance. But it was still very good. Um, and if you wanted to be a bit picky, and, you know, we, we can often get a bit picky on this podcast. Um, well, you can. I would have, I would have liked, I love an old pick, as a great man once said. I would have liked to have seen him get a little bit more in amongst horses and, Perhaps maybe have to come through a couple to, uh, to deliver his challenge. But as it turned out, look, he jumped very sharply 
um, you know, was front rank, traveling enthusiastically all the way, and, and nothing really was quick enough to, to give him a lead uh, for any great length of time. So he, he didn't perhaps get that education. You would hope he'd get, but I think, you know, when you go when he goes to the middle park, he'll probably be taking on horses that have had, you know, five, six runs, mm. um, you know, hardened two-year-olds, and he'll go in there looking a bit raw compared to them. But I th- I'd say, to be fair, you know, that is probably just being a bit picky. I think given the choice, pretty much anyone you'd ask would take his talent over any of his rivals' experience every day of the week. Yeah, you could argue about the maiden form of last week and that horse getting a little bit closer to him, but I, I think that is being exceptionally tough on him. Um, he's now favourite for the 2,000 guineas with some bookmakers. He is being talked about as a potential superstar. This obviously means an awful lot for his stallion, no nay, never. Um, this seems to be the end of any further conversation about a problem at Aidan O'Brien's yard. They seem to have very much turned the corner and that's now very much in the distance. Where is 10 Sovereigns currently ranking for you? He's up there as well, but you just wonder about him, how far he'll stay. Um, you know, there's plenty of milers on the page. There's, there's a few that even stayed a bit further than that, but I suppose we have to remember that Nona Ever was very much a sprinter. Yeah, um, and Exceed Nixella, of course, yeah. is a sprinter as well, who the, the dam sire is. But there's stamina from the dam. Yeah, to be fair to her, she did stay 10 furlongs herself. You know, that would that would give you the hope. Mm. Um, but he, he, he looks quick. And the, 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 sex, the closing sections he's put up have been rapid. And, you know, I wouldn't like to say that he can't stay a mile. He clearly has a chance of it. And if he can carry that speed over a mile, and, you know, his connections have been very complimentary as to how um, relaxed he is. God, he would be a weapon if he if he did stay a mile. Wouldn't he just? He would be an, he would be an absolute weapon. But he, he doesn't need to either in this day and age, you know, with the Commonwealth Cup and the sprint program there. Yeah. Um, it would be fascinating to see his progress. You'd love to see him. If, if they think he can be a guineas horse, you'd imagine... They'll examine him at seven furlongs before the season's out. So the way um, the way the entries are currently working for him, he's in the the Goffs Vincent O'Brien National Stakes, but that's on Irish Champions Weekend, and might come too soon from over seven. They've talked about running him in the Middle Park Stakes, which would be on the 29th of yeah. September, and then the Dewhurst is on Saturday the 13th of October. Yeah, it's a two week gap again from Middle Park to Dewhurst, um, which isn't ideal, but. You know, if he went and won the middle park and won it in, in a bit of style, there would be a temptation there, I'd say, to, to back him up in the two weeks, perhaps. We've been looking for juvenile superstars, and we thought we'd found one in Sergei Prokofiev. And then, of course, he disappointed in the manner and in the way that he did. And in the space of that 10 minutes on the Saturday, we got two. Now, we're putting an awful lot of pressure on them because we're racing fans and that's what we do. Um... But there is a huge amount of excitement about both of these horses. And some were saying on social media, wouldn't it be great to see them clash at the end of the season? But the only way that could really happen is in the Dewhurst. And you kind of see them going different ways. You can see him staying to six furlongs for this season and maybe going down the Commonwealth Cup route next year. Perhaps they will, if they think he's a guinea source, go down that route. It's certainly worth an awful lot of money from a potential breeding standpoint to win that race. But they're two very, very different horses, Kevin. 
Yeah, it would be a God. Wouldn't it be a fun clash if they did meet in the Jewhurst? But um, it's probably a fair fair odds against that that it will happen. But um, this just in terms of the bloodstock angle, you know, this this fella is a big horse for no name ever. Um, yeah. He's been absolutely flying to be fair to him up to this point. But um, I think really what what brings these stallions to the next level is having stars. You know, it's one thing having a high, you know, ninety plus. Uh, percentage or a high, you know, 105 plus percentage, but you need you need stars that people really remember to take you to the next level. And um, Noni never looks like he's got one here. Um, you know, he's already had good horses, you know, Land Force and um, Neverland Rock, Neverland, Neverland Rock, and Cosmic Law and a few of yeah. those, but um, the, and the Irish Rover. But this fella um, could take the thing on to the next level for him. And uh, yeah, you know, it's Scat Daddy. A son of Scat Daddy, it's obviously really important. And while the expectation might have been certainly this time last year that you know Caravaggio was the one to carry on the line, uh, it looks like Caravaggio will have a fair bit on now to to do to get to where this fella is right now, because he he's made you know what is a very very strong start. Yeah. For 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 first season stallion, and that's uh the the, the reality is no matter how high the profile of a retiring stallion and their credentials you know the vast majority will fail and um, no one ever looks to be very much on his way to succeeding um, even at this relatively early stage we don't want to get ahead of ourselves because you know we have had cases with the likes of you know Azalev who, who looked like a, um, an absolute rocket of a sire when his first two year olds hit the ground but then they didn't train on and things went very much pear shaped um, so we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but in, t- in terms of evaluating him to this point, there's not a whole lot more, much more he could have done so far. He's doing very well. If you're sitting on a no-nay never that's going to race next year, you must be absolutely delighted with life. Well, that's it. If you have a mare and foal to him, if you have a yearling on the ground, a foal on the ground, you know, <laughs> you'd love to have a, a, a you know a nice yearling by him now to, to sell in, in the next few weeks. That would be... That'll be perfect. That'll yeah. be the best position to be in, I think. Um, but there you go. You know, this is the that's the nature of bloodstock. You know, if you if you put a mare and foal to him this year, you know that was an incredibly chancy thing to do. If you bought a foal by him last year, that was an incredibly chancy thing to do because, like I say, most sires fail. And if you're if you punted a sire like that, that had their first runners this year and they fell flat in their face. You know, you're going to the Ireland sales with a, with, with a horse by a stone cold sire, and that is a horrendous experience yeah. because no one, you, you, the horse could be an absolute cracker, but they just people won't look at them. They literally won't come to look at them if they're not if they're not on their list. You know, there's hundreds and hundreds of yearlings. The agents, you know, some agents would look at everything, but most agents would operate off a list system, and they would just wholesale knock off certain sires that they don't like or they have reason not to like or they don't think they could face their clients and say, I bought a, an X there, you know, a, a year and by Sire X that's stone cold and no one, no one will have any price. So it's not a fun place to be. So anyone that took that chance and it's working out for them, um, I'd always be, be more than happy to give full credit because it's a ballsy thing. I would very, very rarely do it myself. Um, it's, it can be a very lonely place if you get it wrong yeah he's an interesting one in the sense that when he raced at Royal Ascot he was owned co-owned by Coolmore and Ice Wine Stable um, on his second start he won at the Royal Meeting then he went to France and won a Group 1 but he only ever had 
six runs in his life. And uh, he did win as a three-year-old, but it was a you know a race to Keeneland. He finished second at the Breeders' Cup. But, like you know, he only had the six runs, and yet he's obviously been very well supported as a stallion. I think it was seventeen grand. Was that the amount of money you were you were having to be coughing up from? Twenty grand first season, seventeen and a half for the last two, twenty-five thousand this season. That's going to be a whole lot more next year. Yeah, well, it was a very. We talked about this a few weeks ago. I think it's a very. It was a very ballsy call from Coolmore, a very bullish call to up him for his fourth season because traditionally, because it's such a dangerous season, studs would lower the price, and if they didn't lower it publicly, they'd certainly be open to doing an awful lot of dealing on the price privately. Just because it's so chancy, it's hard to attract mares in that fourth season because it's so dangerous, it's so gambly, and the fact that they put up the price basically double down on right we've seen his folds we've seen his yearlings we really really like them we think he's going to make it and we're going to charge you x more this year if you want to use them and they did they, it, it rarely happens that they've they've only done it twice in recent times was with Noni never and with camelot and to be fair they've, they've been justified both times yeah um but it's yeah it's 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 a very interesting thing very very much so so Middle Park is definitely his next start. Do you think that'll be it for him for the season then? Or would we see him over seven furlongs? Oh, it could be. It could be. We, oh. Yeah, it depends just what they're thinking with him. and what he, Because he was, as far as I, I know, you know, he was quite forward. And he would have been you know, ready to go quite early. But he had a little bit of a setback. And that's why he was you know, out in August rather than out in April, May. You know, so that, that's the reason there. So we'll just see. You know, I, I'd imagine much will depend on what he does in the middle park. But, you know, we've seen not just this season, but in the last couple of seasons, Aiden isn't afraid to really bull on with these two-year-olds and get plenty of experience into them. So I wouldn't, certainly wouldn't want to rule out the possibility of another run uh, if, if he was to win the middle park. And of those that finished behind 10 Sovereigns and too darn hot. Anything that caught your eye? Um, yeah, a few shaped nicely, to be fair, behind 10 Sovereigns. You know, Bruce Wayne looks a nice horse. He costs an awful lot of money at the Breeze Up sales to Michael O'Callaghan. And um, that was a big step forward from his debut. He was, you know, what was he beating? He was beating 10 or 11 lengths by him on debut. And he's come forward enough to only be beaten, you know, a little over, four, a little under four lengths here. So that's a big step forward for him. And, you know, a maiden should be a formality there before he goes back into group company. And Mia Memento, who we've discussed a few times, ran quite well. Not quite well, not well enough to get the black type. Yeah. Uh, finished fourth, but ran a solid race, I thought, and should come forward again. Um, yeah, that, that'll do me, I think. And I took from my pocket ten sovereigns brights and the landlady's eyes opened wide with delight. She said, I have is... whiskies and wines of the best. <laughs> And the worlds that I know were only in jest, and it's no, nay, never, no, nay, never, no more. Thank you, Kevin Buckley. I actually had not put that together for 10 Sovereigns. You've uh, butchered that. Of course you've I have. Absolutely. That's twice you sang in this my, podcast. My voice is destroyed from voiceovers left, right, and center all day long. I can normally sing, but uh, I'm afraid... No. <laughs> for, the, for the second day in a row, I can't. I can't I can normally sing is the interesting part of that sentence. <laughs> oh, I can. I can indeed. Um, so, yeah, we've we spoken about me and well, before. I don't, I don't doubt that you can sing, but I doubt you can sing well. Oh, you'd be surprised. Uh, <laughs> I, I but bet I would. <laughs> brilliantly named, though. 
brilliantly, brilliantly <laughs> named with um, with ten sovereigns, and it would be nice to see him then kick on and continue to succeed, uh, given how how closely associated his name is with his sire. Uh, we shall move on to the flame of Tara, shall we? Just wonderful, Kevin Blake. I think she was ridden to get the trip. They might have had a slight doubt about her ability to do that, but she stated no problem at all. Yeah, she was good. You know, she delivered. Um, she's let them down a couple of times since her debut. Um, it looked like Manny, the overrun two-year-olds. I just think it's taken a while for her depending to drop with her as much as anything. I know she won first time, but she didn't learn much there. She she did all that on raw ability. Um, whereas this, I thought Donica wrote her very well, stepping up two furlongs and trip, put it to sleep out the back. And um, pretty, I think it was pretty much all hands and heels late on. Might have given her one little flick and um, ultimately and won quite well. Hands and heels. Yeah, you know, she carries her head a little bit up in the air. Um, that could be the Manchu coming through. She's yeah. out of a Manchu mare. Um, but I wouldn't doubt her resolution. She's a notably fluent mover. Um, lovely to watch her galloping. And uh, yeah, she was good here. You know, she opens up any amount of options now. You know, Philly's mile. Uh, maybe a run in between. Uh, there's there's options there for her. Where do they back her up for the Moiglier? I don't know, but the Phillies Mile would appeal as being a, as a, would appeal as being a target. Um, her mother won the Rockfell, wasn't it? That's right. Um, she's entered in that, and that would be an option if they wanted to go back down to seven. But um, yeah, yeah, plenty of options for her now. She she briefly threatened to be a bit disappointing there, but it's great to see her back on track. So you've made the point on countless occasions that if you had the choice, you'd rather get beaten on debut. And Aiden yes. has kind of alluded to this as well, because it just makes things so much more difficult when you win first time out that you have to be thrown into the deep end. And that's really what's affected Just Wonderful. And you could also look back at how the season's gone for Aiden O'Brien and how things have been affected in terms of um, the stable form. So there are a number of excuses for her. She was backed as though defeat was out of the question at the Royal Meeting. This very much looks more like the horse that we were expecting and that they were expecting. Um, I'll ask again, with your race planner's hat on, would it be the Phillies Mile that you go for next? Where would you go? Uh, it's a bit of a gaff to the Phillies Mile. So you'd like to run in between. You know, the, It's the 12th of October, the Phillies Mile, so that's six weeks. Mm. Um, you know, but again, the, the, the spacing just aren't really helping them here in that the Moiglair is two weeks away. The Rockfell is four weeks, which is a nice gap. Then you only have two weeks until the Phillies mile. So you're probably going to have to back her up a little bit quicker than you'd like on one occasion. You know, um, so it all depends on how she's come out of the race and everything else. But you, you could potentially back her up for the Moiglair um, and then go for the, the Phillies mile. Or if you, if you thought she needed a bit more time, you'd wait for the Rockfell and then go for the Phillies mile. Or maybe just go for maybe just go for one of those if you didn't want to over race her. And a one, two, three for Aiden O'Brien, which is leading even further credence to the fact that the bug has been sorted and stamped out. So um yeah, huge performance in the Flame of Tar Stakes. And Declan Ricks is making the point that it's not necessarily a race that Aiden O'Brien goes for every single season. So um yeah. Or wins every season we should say. So uh, a refreshingly Nice performance, you'd have to say, in that regard. Refreshingly nice. <laughs> Refreshingly. The Final Furlong Podcast like is brought a, to you like by a... water. 
Are you feeling thirsty? <laughs> then consume water. Uh, right, let's talk about um, Voracious back at Sandown, shall we, in the 188 bet. Uh, I said it right this time uh, in the Atlanta Stakes, Group 3. So she gets the job done for Ryan Moore and Sir Michael Stouts. Um, not hugely impressive, but impressive enough. Beat Awesome Tank and Winter Lightning, which I'd say she beat the two right horses. I'm very interested to see what they do at Winter Lightning next. But she looks a good one, Kevin Blake. She does, and I wouldn't be dancing about the level of the form. I don't think Laugh Aloud brought her A-game, and I would question whether Winter Lightning was at her very best. But Awesome Tank has come into the race in good form, and that's that's probably your there, thereabouts, your level there. Yeah. And um, look, Voracious, she's, she's going the right way, isn't she? You know, it was good for her to get her head back in front after two good runs in defeat. Um, you just wonder that, you know, she's a Group 3 winner now. She'll need she'll be in deeper waters next time. And I just think she might need a little bit more if she's going to really compete. I don't know uh, what the plan... I don't think they're going to go for the matron. She's entered for that, but it's two weeks. I don't think they're going to go for that. Yeah. Um, so be a very quick turnaround, Kev. Yeah, so the Sun Chariot, maybe four-week gap. Um, that, may, that may suit him. Okay. But yeah, I, I think she, she would need more to go close in that race, I think. So success for Sir Michael Stout there. Um, you were mentioning the two Godolphin horses, so you were quite keen on John Gosden's horse. What did you make of her performance on the day? Because it is a comeback of well over 450 days, uh, and the same can be said about um, Winter Lightning because she's coming back from having won the Classics in Maidan. So they're, they're both horses who can improve but probably didn't bring their A game. Yeah, I give them both another chance, especially Laugh Aloud. You know, she was reasonably strong in the market, but um, she just seemed to need the run, I'd say, as much as anything. And I'd certainly be happy to give her another chance next time with, with the benefit of that run underneath her. Yeah. Uh, quick switch to Beverly, just to give a nice mention to the legend that is Ted Cover, who's won the Beverly Bullet again. He's an absolute <laughs> superstar. What are you, 17 now? He's incredible. He's 27? 20, 27 years of age, and he keeps on going. That's his third, his second win in a row in the race. Uh, worth mentioning, Kevin Blake, Alpha Delfini won this race back in 2016. Look what he's gone on to do. So uh, there's hope yet. There's time yet for Takecover to go and get an... Certainly in the non-torp next year. Absolutely. Cannot get, get beat. beat. Can't get beat. <laughs> what was it Nick Luck described the five furlongs as? The um, the lottery five, the, the magic five? The tweeters, I've, I've forgotten, but um, yeah, he's it's great to see. It's fantastic to see the old boy uh, continuing to go and do it. And when you think about, uh, do you know why he's called Take Cover? Tell me. Because when they when they first got him in the yard, that's what they had to do when he walked when he came into the place. He was an absolute lunatic by all accounts. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Is he a limestone lad? Like just going around <laughs> kicking everybody? Yeah, I think he was a bit of a hooligan. Ah, <laughs> oh, fantastic. I like him even more now. Um, I, I did like the feature that Goodwood did with him uh, ahead of his run there and with his lass and, and connections and all. And he ran a fine race behind Batash, but he's an absolute legend. And it, it's funny, Kev, the way these horses keep on keep on performing, isn't it? You know, he's he's 11 years of age. He's a sprinter, and yet he continues to love the game and keeps putting his best foot forward. And Kennedy, the listeners know your ways by now, and it wouldn't have been lost on them the special mention you gave take cover last there i have absolutely no idea what you're going on about but anyway you can indulge <laughs> yourself 
In, the listeners know. The listeners in, in know. In whatever they, they, conspiracy, they know, they know your ways by now, Kendi. They know your ways. That it is that you'd like. <laughs> um, so defeat uh, in Ireland for Sir Michael Stout. Success in the UK with the Phillies. Uh, Desert Diamond beaten by I'm So Fancy <laughs> Jessica Harrington, <laughs> whose season continues to go from strength to strength. Oh, stop. Yeah, this was one that was left behind, I think, Big for, for the Sir Michael team, I'm afraid. Yeah. Um, just that, that draw, stall nine, just made it tricky for Chris Hayes. And I'm not knocking him in the slightest now, but if you compare the trip that Desert Diamond got compared to the trip that I'm So Fancy got from stall four, um, that was the winning and the losing of it. I'm So Fancy got the perfect pitch in behind the leader. Um, had to wait slightly longer, I'd say, than Colin O'Donoghue would have wanted, but just slightly, whereas um, Desert Diamond was three wide, no cover yeah, um, all the way and had to make her bid first and yeah, gave I'm so fancy target to shoot at just came up half a length short. You know, I think if you ran this race again, if you, if you did the draw again, I think desert diamond is going to win this race. Most of the times you run it, I would argue, but there we go. That's horse racing. Um, and I'm so fancy has been a smashing filly yeah. for her connections this season. And, um, by, a sire that I suppose people are becoming more familiar with, but probably still would many would be in the dark with him. Raj, and um, this is a horse that never raced, a very very well bred horse, um, by Dane Hill. Homer Scott, um, stood him or, or stands him even, um, and yeah, like he he's got some nice horses. He's got I'm so fancy, he'd um insatiable, that uh Jerline's train that is now in Hong Kong. And uh, a couple of other nice horses too, you know. So it's, it's you know, he, I'm sure he's covering a few more these days. I believe, I'm fairly sure he's still alive and all that. But um, he's a 15 year old, and yeah, would have would have had very limited opportunities in terms of numbers uh, of mares that he would have covered. But yeah, get the job done. It's it's gas the way you know. It's such a high stakes high stakes game, you know, and you've stallions going in their first season covering, you know, over 200 mares in some cases. And you still, it's still on occasion happens where you get a horse like this unraced, covers a handful of mares and produces stakes winners. You know, it's, it's mad really, but it's great that it happens. I'm so fancy currently the best of the horses that he's produced. Uh, as you said, insatiable, and it's actually written that way. So you're supposed to pronounce insatiable. It I don't. I haven't. I haven't developed. Insatiable. That's the, that's you're supposed the way, to. That's the you way are supposed said. to pronounce it that way. Uh, my mistake. <laughs> precious gold. Like some some decent horses there. There's there's no yeah, record for, for, from a very very limited number of 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 runners. Very limited. Like you're you're talking ten. Yeah. In, in Ireland and England. Like you can, you know, ten runners, two stakes winners, or sorry, two in Chase didn't win a stakes race, I think, but he certainly competed. I think he might have been second in the group race at one stage. You can, you can literally get no information whatsoever on his background. It's very. But he's he's on pace. He never ran. No, he no, no. I mean, he... I'm talking about sales. There's, there's nothing. There's like you can't get anything. Um, there's yeah. very, very little there. But yeah, 15 years of age and seems to be still going strong. So. Uh, another example of the of the might of Dane Hill. Um, it's been a cracking season for Jessica Harrington. Aidan O'Brien in third with Hens. Anything else to take out of that race, Kevin? No, no. I was mostly 
throwing things at the television, to be honest, with, yeah. um, with, with Desert Diamond, yeah. So from a betting perspective, how much does the draw at the Curra influence you? Ah, well, the draw influences me everywhere. You know, it's just a case of to what extent. And um, it, all, it all depends on how you read the race, you know, beforehand. You know, I just saw nine in a field that size wouldn't necessarily bother you if you if you felt there was quite a bit of pace in the race that might stretch them out a little bit and the slot might be available. It depends how your fancy wants to be ridden. You know, I, I would just try and look at all the evidence and try and imagine how the race is going to pan out in my mind's eye and then make an assessment of how much of a factor the draw might be. But it's always a factor. It's always a factor. And some yeah. people will ask the question, oh, you know, oh, is the draw factor over two miles, you know, and is the draw factor on straight tracks? It's always, it's always a factor, always a factor, but it just it varies in how much of a factor it is. But it's always something you have to consider. The Tote Irish Cambridgeshire. So if I'm just going to look at the um, webcam here at the Curra and... Yeah, there is Salt on Stall finishing now. You're a bad man. <laughs> we'll get that money. We'll get that money. Uh, just keep things simple uh, and back the Aiden O'Brien second string. Kenya, 20 to 1, bolts up. Yeah, this is one of those that, you know, was a, was a big price. Um, afterwards, you'll, you'll get fellas pushing their glasses up in their nose going... <laughs> Well, he actually ran very well on a seasonal reappearance on, uns on unsuitable ground. And he clearly didn't stay the 10 furlong trip on his two starts after that. So coming back to his optimum trip of a mile on good yielding ground, there was certainly a case to be made that he was well handicapped, Emmett. You couldn't let him run at that price. I mean, what you like? How could you possibly let him run? You couldn't let him run at a double figure price, but you certainly couldn't let him run at twenties. I mean, it's too big. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, he looked a lovely. He was a lovely two-year-old. You know, he won the what do you call it? The Killer Volan uh, Group Three. Um, not a vintage renewal of it now by any stretch, but he he went and won it um, on soft ground. Um, I assume he needed a reappearance run at Leopardstown on very bad ground when he made the running. And then he seemed to be doing a job uh, making the running um, at Chester and again at Sean T and over 10 furlongs and extended 10 furlongs and back to a mile, um, you know, making much of the running. He he just proved himself to be well handicapped. It was a big, big drop in class and uh, Kennedy appears to be scrambling. Are, are you being attacked? Sorry, uh, has, I didn't, uh, I wasn't, has, a wild, has a wild dog broken into your office? I wasn't aware you could hear all of that because the fader was down. So um, there'll be an argument. No, with, we, uh, we, heard, we heard scrambling. <laughs> very, very frenzied scrambling. There'll be an argument with Producer D about that later on. I'm, I'm just looking at a hard drive here. <laughs> It sounded, like something from, it sounded like something from one of Rixie's animal documentaries got into your <laughs> office there. <laughs> it's, it's literally a portable hard drive. It's, it's literally, I, that's what it is. It's a, I, it's, love, I, love, I love an animal documentary, me. <laughs> big fan of the whales. I'm a big fan of the whales, boys. <laughs> Rixie loves whales. Rixie got some abuse on social media, and it was all deserved. Very much so. Oh, very much so, yeah. Hashtag blame Rixie was trending at one stage. Um, thank you but, for the but, kind but, words, because Kevin rang me after we recorded that podcast, and he was very worried about it, very concerned about it. We got a great reaction to it. So, uh, Rixie, she'll be back on 
very very soon less of the comedy act I, uh, more of the informed analysis <laughs> next time I think. And, and, and it doesn't need to be said really kenners because we're, we're irish and we understand but for for the non-irish amongst our listeners it, it needs to be clarified that some people might say jeez dads are a bit harsh on rixie as an irish person ladies and gentlemen if you're not if there's someone in the room and you're not taking the mick out of them. You're not slagging them. It's probably because you don't like them. Yeah. Or you think they're a bit of a dry arse. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very much an Irish thing. You, you take the piss out of your friends relentlessly. Relentlessly. There's a and reason. That's just the way it goes. There's a reason that Kevin takes the piss out of me endlessly on this podcast. And it's because we're friends. Now, if he didn't, <laughs> I'd be very worried. I'd be very, very worried if Kevin Blake was super nice to me on every single show. I'd be like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, you, you stick to theory, kind of, yeah. <laughs> That's your, that is literally your theory. That is literally what you're saying. Um, so yeah, sorry, I was looking. But yeah, yeah. I'm looking yeah, at Rixie's good fun. <laughs> a very fancy piece of tech. It's a G Drive two terabyte, and I was like, I was, is I was. It, what, what celebrity has endorsed it? Um, me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, because if you haven't already noticed, listeners, I'll give you another detail about Kennedy here. He is a, a mass marketer's dream, True. right? You, I could, I could, I could pull a pair of headphones out from China, right? Chinese headphones, and uh, we'll call, we'll, we'll get Dr. Dre to endorse them. We'll call him Beats by Dre, right? Yeah, no, 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 no. Hang on a second now. Hold on a second now. Pair of head, no, 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 let, let me finish. Pair Hold of on. headphones. There's a pair Beats of by Beats by Dre, by Dre headphones here for you. There's a pair of Beats by Dre headphones currently on my head. So you're making the wrong comparison. <laughs> No, no, it's it's a perfect comparison. Yeah, but they're not from China. They're legit. They, how much do they cost? How, how much do they cost, roughly? Uh, moving swiftly along. Uh, but say I, I have no idea how much you pay for a pair of headphones. So say a hundred quid for the sake of argument. Hundred euros for a pair of Beats by Dre. Maybe they're much more. Maybe they're much less. I don't know. It doesn't matter, right? My point is, if you got those exact headphones, right, right, those exact headphones, and put a little sign on the side of them, and sold them for a tenner. Kennedy wouldn't buy him. Nope. He wouldn't buy no him. Way. The exact same headphones. No way. Like, little headphones. Yo, what, what, what? They no, couldn't, thanks. They couldn't possibly be as good. Beats by Dre, thanks very much. And there's nothing <laughs> wrong with Little. Little's great. Sometimes shop in Little. Fantastic place. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> but it's not Waitrose. <laughs> <laughs> Which so I mentioned because that, we don't have Waitrose in have Ireland. Some, if you ever have something to sell, just get some celebrity to endorse it Kennedy will be out there and he'll yeah. buy five of them I was, I was contacted about a book today we will be mentioning that book on this very podcast uh, oh no getting back <laughs> to Kenya um, so yes he's obviously bolted up dropped back to the mile uh, with an official rating of 98 what would is this a case of job done with him and now he'll race for Mike DeCock presumably if he continues to stay in training <laughs> stay, stay training horses or he gives the game up um, like, is he a horse that they'll be hanging on to, or is it job done? I don't think there's been a horse to go to Mike DeCock out of Bally Doyle for a while now. Ever wrong, since. Do you remember when I Aiden said that? that. <laughs> Do you remember when Aiden said that? Aiden, one day, there was a, there was a feature being done with him at Bally Doyle, and one of the horses went past, and uh, they said, what's the plan for that one? And he goes, ah, sure, I don't know. He'll probably be running for Mike DeCock next year. <laughs> Everybody laughed. <laughs> since then... The horses haven't gone to Mike DeCock anymore. It's almost like he saw it and went, no, 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 not doing that. But they've had that, well, look, um, they've had see, that quarantine I, I problem. Just, I, yeah, they've, they've issues in South Africa, to be fair, uh, that aren't good. But uh, I see he's gone up eight pounds to 108 today. So 
oh look you got to give him he's a group three winner you got to give him a whirl yeah um in better company back in stakes company for sure and he could be one for that group two um at leopardstown over a mile on champions weekend i'd say that could be the just the right spot for him to be fair good point good um that that could be the one for him. He he's in the the the, the English Cambridgeshire or the Cambridgeshire, I suppose we should call it. Um, and I assume he'll just have a pen. Have the weights come out yet? The, the, the penalties after September first, and he won on September first, was yeah. it? Uh, Aiden. Aiden. Lost on the now. If that was Kevin Blake, he wouldn't have let that happen. Ah, uh, stop! He could have got away with a four pound penalty. Yeah, yeah, that's messy now. Come on. Say the two yeah. boys who questioned what Aiden O'Brien would do at the weekend, and he proved us completely wrong. So <laughs> let's not do that. Yeah, uh, no, I, I, I suspect he'll go for the boomerang. Uh, group two at Leopardstown Champions okay. Weekend. That would be the spot for him, I'd say. And we hopefully will be there. Um, Salt on Stall. What did you make of his run? He was. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's twice. You'll always excuse a horse, you know, a bad one at Galwood, but um, he has shown a liking for the car and he blobbed. And, yeah. you know, Mick Halford beforehand was was quite bullish about him. Um, so, yeah, dangerous on him at the minute. We'll just, uh, we'll, we'll just set the old gear into reverse there with Stall and uh, watch him for his next run or two, I think, to see, evaluate just what is going on with him. I know what we can do, Kevin. He's going to be well, a gold in the sand project. Possibly. He's rated up. There wouldn't be a heap of races for him there. Um, Friday night rating, lights. But... Dundalk. We get it. We get the money. <laughs> we'll, we'll put on a what not to 100, especially for him. <laughs> Absolutely. We will get the cash. The money's to be made. Anything else in the race that you would look towards the future with? Or shall we move on? Um, oh no, that's that's a race you could you could watch a heap of times. Um, I won't go through them all, but there's a few there that shape quite nicely in behind. To be fair. Okay, uh, we talked an awful lot about the blue bloods that were going to run over the weekend. In the end, Japan finished seventh on debut. Norway finished third, and it was Sydney Opera House who had two previous runs. And you could also argue may very well have been affected. Uh, by what had been going on in the O'Brien yard. He costs 525,000 guineas as a yearling, and he has got off the mark. Yeah, just uh, it was it was probably better than Workman, like, to be fair to him. He was up there in the van the whole way, and he looks to stay in the making, you know, as he's bred to be, to be fair. Um, being, uh, what do we call him? He's, uh, well, he's not quite a, no. Well, we'll call him a half-brother to Rekindling. Closely he's related. Technic- How about we do that? He's technic- closely he's te- yeah, he's technically closely related. Uh, we'll, we'll, is he we'll a half-brother, Kev? He is, yeah. He's by Australia, yeah. and he's a half-brother to Rekindling, who's by High Chaparral. So uh, so he's a, he's a grandson. Um, sorry. Uh, son. He's a great grandson of Sadler's Wells, whereas Rekindling is a, is a grandson. There you go. Um, so they're, they're not quite three parts, but they're t- five eighths, I suppose, would be the somewhat more correct way to put it. But in a way, uh, and just just a general comment with the Australias, um, he, he's he the, the runner up here as well, and I just wouldn't be shocked. And I'm just getting out loud here, and it's, this is, you know, just a theory. Right now, we won't be able to, you know, say if it's right or wrong for until we see more Australia's out and about. But it just wouldn't shock me 
if it's a general trend amongst the Australians that they would very much need a run or maybe even two runs or maybe even three runs to show you what they can do um, just because of his own temperament. Okay. Um, I, you know, and I, I, I talked about it on the pod, I'm fairly sure before it was, you did. it was one of the more, one of the most interesting things I've, I've ever heard Aidan O'Brien say was talking about Australia and how that of all the thousands and thousands of horses they've had through um, Bally Doyle and that he's dealt with in, in his career, he's the only horse that, that doesn't have a flight response. Um, and like these laid right. back, like un- unbelievably laid back and relaxed and unaffected by his surroundings. Yeah, you could bang and... something. And so like George Washington was a, a pack leader because horses obviously travel in packs. So he was a leader of a pack and he was very much his own man and and would refuse to board planes and refuse to go into winners enclosures and things like that. Whereas Australia was just super cool. Yeah, unbelievably cool. Like to the point of being a slob, you know, just... Yeah. Did, you you know it's very interesting listening to listening to Joseph talk about um, Australia in the Derby and Camelot in the Derby and the contrasting approaches there because of their contrasting characters like the, with the Derby and everything that comes with it the pageantry and the atmosphere and the the long um, canter down to the start and mm-hmm. you know you're mo- with, with pretty much every horse in existence you're doing your best to keep the lid on them. Whereas going down to the start with Australia, Joseph was worried he's too quiet. You know, why isn't he sparking up? <laughs> you know, he's got quite a quite a remarkable temperament. And I just wouldn't be shocked now if he passes that on and they tend to be very laid back and they might just need a run or two to wake up. So I wouldn't like to rule out the possibility of Sydney Opera House being a group performer even though it's taken him three goals to win Maiden and you know he's probably only run to high 80s at best so far yeah you know it wouldn't be a shock to me if he comes forward again um, and, and that's just a general again it's a it's a theory it might prove to be absolute rubbish but it's just maybe something something to keep in the back of your mind when assessing the runs of, of progeny of Australia well I suspect by the time we've seen the Beresford Stakes the Racing Post Trophy that 10 furlong group 1 race in France it will be an undeniable fact <laughs> that these Camelots are just lazy why do I bring uh, that up Kevin? Undeni- unde- uh, undeniable fact ma- making her debut soon <laughs> <laughs> somebody has stolen your catchphrase and his name to uh, horse. This is outrageous. It's David Hadra, like, completely and utterly taking the mick out of me. Absolutely outrageous <laughs> for, scenes. For, for any relatively new listeners, I wrote an article there um, how many years ago? Two, two and a half years ago, maybe? Uh, in the build up to Cheltenham, referring to the treatment of a virus trained horses by the, the British handicapping team. And the headline was along the lines of uh, anti Irish bias in British national hunt handicapping is an undeniable fact. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, which got the reaction it was designed to get <laughs> oh it did oh it did I remember people retweeting that after we had won a load of handicaps at Cheltenham as well I was like oh yeah okay. oh stop oh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> doesn't change got the... the ultimate dose of com- got the ultimate dose of commentators cursed that particular year in yeah. Cheltenham with, with the Irish horses winning pretty much everything Wicklow Brave bolted <laughs> up in the, in the county and then all these other horses bolting up and 
uh, Noel Mead winning the, um, the the big handicap on day three, and all of a sudden there's your article being retweeted yet again and again and again. Yeah, it's a compliment, Kevin. It's but compliment. I, I I I did I did get on to David there after I realised what, what he named the filly. Could the, would I would I be uh, would I have the option of buying a share in her? But he, he said no, no. I, I'm to come to the races when she runs. He's going to buy me a drink. He says. <laughs> there you go. Well, listen, maybe she'll turn out to be good, and maybe we'll have Jerry Hannon. Or whoever's on duty. And here comes undeniable fact. And it's an undeniable fact in the winner's enclosure. <laughs> it's a good name for a horse. It's brilliant. It's you absolutely know, brilliant. Even without even without all the, 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 the personal collections, it's a good name for a horse, yeah. I reckon. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and long may Kevin Blake's quotes be used to name racehorses. Uh, what did you make of the game? Even, even when they're taking a piss. Even when me. they're completely mocking you. Right, what did you make of the performances of Patrick Sarsfield for Eddie Lynham, uh, Norway and Japan, who was making his debut? Yeah, it was a nice step in the right direction for Patrick Sarsfield. I'm another son of Australia and maybe one that could back up that, that theory I have about his progeny. He should go forward from that again. And Norway had, had shape of promise on debut and did a bit more here again. Needs to step up again to win a maiden, I think, but you wouldn't like to rule it out. And um, Japan... You know, shape, shape quite with a bit of promise, I thought. Very considered introduction. Should come on an awful lot from that. And one could imagine him appearing in a, in a nice maiden in the coming weeks and being very well fancied. But one we got to mention as well, Kenners. We got to mention Jane Mangan's horse. Yes. Lightsider. Blinder. Light. Because, because he ran a good race. He ran, and it did get confirmed. It was the Mangans that did that bread, that bread, this fella. Fantastic. Um, there, there. I think there surprises anyone that he turned up in two-year-old maiden. But um, he, he's got ability. He didn't get the clearest of runs. He's finished off well. One can only imagine he'll, you know, he, he might stick to a mile for now, but he's going to stay further. Mm-hmm. And um, he would, he'll, he'll be chucked in in an auction maiden. He's eligible for an auction maiden. He only cost eighteen thousand as a yearling. So one would imagine Sheila Lavery will go looking for an auction maiden over a mile in the coming weeks. And tell you what, um, he'd be tough enough to beat, I'd say. That was a lovely debut. Yeah. Sheila Lavery, I know, she, I know she's had a couple of... Um, she'd Lady Kaya run very well first time and she'd that, um, that dandy man whose name escapes me win first time out a couple of weeks ago. But generally, her two-year-olds would come on significantly from their debut. So that was, that was very much one for the tracker because I know it's all well and good highlighting the likes of Japan, who, you you know, will be a short price next time. Seven to Lightsider, four might, Lightsider might not be such a short price. Yeah. So he's very much one to, to stick into the old. Um, the notebook, the tracker, whatever it is you use, if indeed you at use the anything the races tracker, it makes sense. Just put him in the at there the races tracker. Uh, by leading light, this is the reason that we're, we're mentioning him, because bred to be a jumper. But, uh, and first runner for leading light. And a first runner for leading light as well, but turning up in a two-year-old race over a mile instead and running with huge, huge credit. Um, there's a lot that they can be excited about there. And it's interesting that the Mangans did indeed breed him. We'll have uh, Jane back on the show very, very soon. Finally, Kevin Blake, uh, best solution is the best that Said Bin Saror has, according to the man's own words. Wins a Group 1 in Germany. This is where he's farming Group 1s. He can't win one in the UK since 2013. But he can win them in Germany. Yeah, and um, two, you know, you'd have to say probably slightly bigger group ones, but a group one is a group one. I'd love to win one myself. Um, so well placed, job done, and um, onwards with him. And just before we move off the car, I would give mention to Urban Beat, who won last. 
Um, he is a very interesting horse. He's trained by Johnny Murta. He's now three wins from four starts, three from three this year. Um, Johnny brought him over to the London sale and they didn't get him sold. He was unsold for 230 um, £230,000 um, but I like this performance and whether he goes for the bold lad Premier Handicap at the Curra on Champions Weekend or the Air Gold Cup he has entries for both um, I think he'll be a factor and if he got soft ground for either one of those or, or ground with a nice ease in it mm-hmm. I think he might take a bit of beating I think this is a nice nice sprinter he's going to be a group horse I think and um, he'll have another shot at a handicap before he goes down that road, I think. And Johnny Murta absolutely flying it this season. So long may that continue as well. Uh, you may very well be working with Johnny uh, for ITV this weekend. We have the 32 Red Sprint Cup coming up. Harry Angel looking for redemption after that um, horrid incident at the Royal Meeting when beaten by Merchant Navy. But really, his race never got going that day. Brando says go. Back again, Richard Hoyles, the pressure's oh, yeah, on I... you to once again use that reference. And Lamato <laughs> got back into the winner's enclosure. So we'll talk about this in depth on Thursday's show. Um, but it does very, very much look to be a case of all about Harry Angel getting himself back into the winner's enclosure. But we'll talk about that then. Anything else that you'd like to mention before we wrap up, sir? No, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Well, what about the open day? Joseph O'Brien's open day. You had a oh, huge yeah, yeah. crowd there. Yeah, no, we had the, the racing club members in for the first time there on Saturday. Uh, got great weather for it. Uh, full, every, everyone that was available to come was, was, was accommodated. And we had a great morning there in the gallops. Got to see all the club horses and see everything work and have a bit of banter with all the, the lads and what have you. And, um, and then we went up to Coolmore um, after that. And the, everyone that was on the tour had never been there before now, so you can imagine their eyes were on stalks. Everyone. Going there. Um, yeah, so it was super. Got to meet Galileo, got to rub Galileo's gums, which he, he has a particular liking for. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, Australia was there and Glen Eagles and um, a couple of others. Many of the Salians are down in Australia of course but, yeah they've shuttled um, it was great to see great, yeah great bunch of horses there and got to see the facilities and everything else so they, they had a super day and many of them kept going on to Feder to the, the Feder horse country experience which I'd very much recommend that's a that's very good if you're passing by Feder that's something and yourself and you, producer D have done before and that you've mentioned on the podcast yeah I've gone into it twice it's very good really, I really enjoy it if you're into a bit of history and a bit of um um, horsey history it's, it's a great spot to go in um, yes that was my Saturday yeah and then a few of them went on to the car after that so yeah it was a great day had a mighty day Fantastic. there's a brilliant photograph of everybody on the gallops at Joseph's as well which you, you put up on social media so um, I'm sure that's going to be a, a backdrop for a lot of people on on Facebook Twitter LinkedIn whatever it is you're using and um, yeah it just looked like a, a great day so and you got fantastic weather for it as well um, we're back on Thursday where we'll be joined by Mr. Rory DeLarge as we look ahead to the weekend's best bets uh, obviously the highlight being at Haydock and uh, looking forward to covering that with you thanks so much for listening thank you for all the kind words on social media as well genuinely means an awful lot and um, appreciate you taking the time to say such nice things from Kevin Blake Good luck. Your article is available now on attheraces.com, so go and read that. And I am back with you Thursday with Kevin. We will chat to you then. Good luck. The final Furlong podcast is sponsored by Unibet.
Sign up now using code ATR-30 to get your welcome offer. BeGambleAware.org, 18+. Plus. Have you downloaded the free app The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details. <laughs> 